Hello and welcome to the PLUS podcast, which is brought to you from the International Congress of Mathematicians in Seoul in South Korea. We've been having a great time at the Congress here, and one of the highlights was to meet a true mathematical legend. His name is John Milner, and he's won several high-profile prizes over the years, including the Fields Medal in 1962 and the Abel Prize in 2011. And apart from his work in mathematics, he's also famous for his writing, which has inspired generations of students. And at 84, Milner is still going strong. We went to a press conference Milner gave at the Congress to a collection of journalists, and we've recorded it for you. And as the journalists were frantically scribbling, typing and taking pictures, Milner answered their questions about maths and his experience of doing maths with the lucidity and humility that he's renowned for. The first question he was asked was one that journalists here at the ICM ask pretty much every mathematician they talk to. Why did you choose to do mathematics? Because to me it was easier than other subjects. I <laughs> I'm very lazy, you see. I do what's easiest for me. John Milner was only 19 years old when he proved his first influential result in mathematics in the area of knot theory. So my colleague Rachel Thomas asked him when he started working on complex mathematics. I guess I've always liked working on concrete problems. This was a problem that the professor described in class and uh, it it was a very intriguing one and so I, I started thinking about it. It was, I mean, I'd clearly already been studying mathematics for a few years at that point, so it was, I had some idea of the the kind of methods that might work. But of course, there's always more to learn in mathematics when there's a, well, there's a famous book, English book, written by Lewis Carroll about the Red Queen who has to keep running to keep up with where she is. That's what a life in mathematics is like. We have to keep running. Next, a Korean journalist asked Milner how he managed to continue producing important mathematical results, even though he was getting older and older. Well, I've noticed I'm getting older. Uh, It's getting harder, but uh, it's what I love to do. So I, I try to keep up and still look at interesting questions, but it's, uh, of course, they, it's well known that mathematics is a young man's game, so I, I, am, I am very grateful if I can still make some contribution. One of Milner's most important results was the discovery of so-called exotic spheres, These are strange shapes that live in higher mathematical dimensions. You can find out more about them by going to the PLUS website at plus.maths.org and entering exotic spheres into the search box. As the name suggests, mathematicians hadn't expected these strange shapes to even exist before Milner's discovery. So Rachel asked him whether he had been looking for these strange objects or whether their discovery came as a surprise to him. It came completely by accident as far as I was concerned and I was... I was very confused. I was just looking at the same problem from two different approaches and got contradictory answers. And I didn't know where I'd made a mistake. Finally, the only resolution was to find that 
this assumption that I'd been making, that everyone had been making, was, was wrong. It turns out that this discovery of exotic spheres is also what Milner rates as the most important mathematical moment of his career. As he said, after Rachel asked him, which moment remained most vivid in his memory? Well, I suppose the, the most dramatic thing was the, the, the thing which I described earlier when I was trying to approach the same problem from two different points of view and got contradictory answers. This was a once-in-a-lifetime kind of experience that just something was wrong and uh, I couldn't figure out what it was and uh, was rather amazed when I finally figured it out. But in general, I've simply been very lucky. I've had a long life and reasonable health most of the time. And I, since I love mathematics, I've just dabbled a little bit in different kinds over the years. And uh, I mostly it hasn't been any particular moments which were special, but I, I've just enjoyed the general process. Apart from working on the mathematics of shapes, such as exotic spheres, Milner is also famous for his work in dynamical systems. One journalist at the conference asked him to explain what dynamical systems are and why they are so important. Okay, dynamical systems basically are a study of systems which change with time according to some mathematically understandable rule, and this includes many different kinds of science. So some of the some of the people who first started interesting trends of thought in, in dynamics were, were astronomers, uh, meteorologists, uh, chemists. The, uh, because it's a common common to all parts of science that you want to know, given the past, what is the future going to be? You want to find rules if they exist. And in some sciences, like uh, physics and chemistry, there are very clear rules, or, or meteorology. They, they can be very complicated, but they're amenable to... To, you can, if you can find exact descriptions of what the rules are, then you can try to analyze them mathematically. In other fields, such as uh, anything involving human choices, history, psychology, and so on, uh, it's much harder to apply mathematics, So, but you may still... Uh, well, the mathematical tools are, are still of great interest. Uh, financial mathematics is an example where mathematical tools can be applied with great difficulty and uh, if they're applied badly they can lead to disaster. But it's still important to try to understand what the rules are, to what extent they're consistent and how to apply them. Now, so dynamics is evidently a very big field. It, it, I've tried to tell you that dynamics is a very general subject which can be applied in many different areas. I certainly don't want to make it sound as if I am contributing to all of these areas. I, I work in a 
much more narrow part of the field, just trying to understand very simple, simple mathematical models which give rise to complex behavior. But the uh, well, there's there's room for research at all levels. Some many physical systems are extremely complicated. The only way to analyze them is by computer experiments with very fast, large computers. But uh, one can often get ideas of general principles from studying much more simple systems, and th that is that is the kind of approach I do. I'm more driven by mathematical curiosity and trying to understand uh, some of the simplest systems, which which e even even though they look simple, can have induce very complex behavior difficult to understand. Next, the press conference took a philosophical bend as one of the journalists asked Milner whether mathematics is something that is invented by us humans or something that is already out there which we discover. Well, this, this is a very old question. Uh, I suppose one way of examining it is to look at the historical record of the way mathematics is developed in different parts of the world. I think there was, there was a long oriental tradition of mathematics, especially in China, which was largely independent of Western mathematics. And they were not so different that we were unable to communicate with each other, but uh, Certainly the, the language one uses, the, the precise way one phrases things, depend very much on individual choice, which uh, tends to change with time, so that I've been trying to prepare a lecture describing mathematics 150 years ago, and it, it's very hard to read these things, because the words meant different things then. when the concepts have, have been developing. But um, can I say? So I, I, th I think the answer, you can't give an answer, a definite answer one way or another. The, 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 there are true consequences you can, you can derive from reasonable hypotheses and those should be the same, no matter how they're, who develops them. But the precise way you phrase things, the, the, the basic concepts you use may, may be different. And finally, we turn to Milner's writing, which has inspired so many students over the generations. One journalist asked Milner how we can teach young mathematicians and scientists to write as well as he does. I think most of my writing has been just driven by the uh, desire to understand something. Uh, I, f I find that I have a, a I find that uh, to understand something I have to write it down. And if I write it down clearly enough so that I can understand it, then there's some hope that other people will be able to understand it too, I think. But it, 
takes a, a great deal of care to uh, to translate a, an idea into 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 words, so that uh, I typically have to write things over and over again. When I was young, before we had computers, I would drive secretaries crazy because I would write a manuscript, they would type it, and then I would cross out this, substitute that, move things around, and ask, ask her to type it again. And then next week, the same thing would happen again. And uh, I'm sure they hated me. So it's now nowadays, it's easy on a computer to, uh, to shift things around, cross out, and it becomes uh, much easier. But the, there are there's some people who can just sit down and decide what they want to do, write it out. I think a mathematician called Serge Lang was proficient at this. He would he would have an idea, think about it, sit down in his typewriter and type a book and send it off to the publisher. And this is not the perfect way to do things. The, the, I'm sure the books could have been better, but. He co covered an awful lot of material in, the, in a quite useful way. Now, I can't work that way. I have to make a first attempt, and then when I read it, I, it, it looks awful, and I have to rewrite and change it. And, and sometimes there's the terrible feeling when one rewrites over and over and then looks back at the first version and notices that it was much easier to understand. <laughs> <laughs> this was the end of the press conference and it's the end of our PLUS podcast. Once again, if you would like to find out more about Milner's work, go to the PLUS website at plus.maths.org and enter Abel Prize 2011 into the search box. And stay tuned for more news from the International Congress of Mathematicians. Thanks for listening and bye-bye.